Well, welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today um, is one of those days where you get to uh, interview your friends on Twitter in real life. Uh, I, over the past few years, we've been so disconnected and people that you consider to be a friend that you know in your head and you've absolutely never met in your life, uh, but you love them and adore their work. Today is one of those opportunities where I get to say hello to Shannon Watts. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. You know, we start each one of our shows uh, the top of our show is the same way. And I think our listeners are quite used to it by now. But we ask our guests to walk us through the arc of their career. And your journey to advocacy has been an interesting one. Can you talk to our listeners about how you got into gun advocacy and specifically how Moms Demand Action came about? Yeah, you know, I um, had a career in corporate communications right out of college. I did public relations for a living and I took a break. I got remarried and my husband and I were blending our families and I thought, okay, I'll take five years off and then I'll go back to work. And at the end of those five years, um, I still remember it so clearly. I was folding laundry on a very cold day in Indiana. I lived in a suburb of Indianapolis and suddenly on my TV was breaking news that there was an active shooter in a school called Sandy Hook School. Um, in Connecticut. And like I'm sure you and so many other people across the country, I sort of just sat down and watched this tragedy unfold. And, you know, here it is nine years later, and it's still sort of unfathomable that 20 children and six educators were shot and killed in the sanctity of an American elementary school. Mm -hmm. For me, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. It's why I got involved. Um, I should point out, you know, I'm a a white suburban mom who was afraid my kids weren't safe in their schools. Now that I'm involved in this issue, you know, I realize that that mass shootings and school shootings are about 1% of the gun violence in this country. Mm. It's really the everyday gun violence, whether it's gun homicides or gun suicides or domestic gun violence um, that are really tearing at the fabric of this country. But that's how I got involved in this issue. I mean, that's how, you know, this is kind of weird. And not many people know this, but one of the first school, sh uh, you probably know this, but one of the first school shootings we ever had was at Blackville Hilda High School in South Carolina. It was before Columbine. And my father was on the state board of education. And um, it was seven miles away from our house. And it was his day to drive the carpool. And we went over to that school where there was a young man who had just been suspended. And he came back in and shot was looking for the principal, shot somebody else and shot himself. So it's like all of these shootings, that inspiration have touched us all. For people who've been living under a rock um, or just may not be paying attention, um, explain to me what is Moms Demand Action? Um, what is the organization's mission? And then I got a follow-up question I'll ask after you answer that. Yeah, you know, we really attack the issue of gun violence in this country in three ways. Um, first, we work on it electorally. So we get involved in every single political cycle. Um, in 2018, I'm proud to say we actually outspent the NRA. Uh, and that was the year we flipped the House and elected our own Moms Demand Action volunteer, Lucy McBath, to Congress. Um, we also work on this legislatively. So, you know, we're all sort of uh, frustrated by the um, inaction of Congress on so many issues. We have worked on this issue in, in state houses and in school boards um, and, and really just changed laws and policies, whether it's fighting for better laws, passing laws that save lives, or stopping 
the gun lobby's agenda. You know, when we started working on this, I never imagined how much time we'd spend playing defense. Um, the NRA comes back year after year in states and tries to pass things like guns on college campuses, arming teachers, stand your ground, permitless carry. Uh, we have a 90% track record of stopping their agenda every year in state houses across the country. And then the third way we work on this issue is culturally. Um, you know, I think that businesses have a really important role to play, influencers, celebrities, uh, getting them involved uh, on this issue. We have gotten hundreds of companies to change their policies around gun violence and, and allowing guns in their stores and their, their outlets, or just getting them to be part of our coalition when we fight uh, for, for better laws. So the, those are really the three ways that we work on this. And I, I think there's this misperception that is propagated by the gun lobby, which is that we are anti-gun and mm. we're not. Uh, we support the Second Amendment. Many of our volunteers are, are gun owners or their partners are gun owners. This is really just about restoring the responsibilities that should go along with gun rights. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. As a, as a Democrat in South Carolina who got their CWP with Nikki Haley, <laughs> okay, I completely understand that. that and understand. That's a story I'd love to hear sometime. Oh, my goodness. She was actually a good shot, too. I mean, a uh, <laughs> long time ago, we sat beside each other in the state house. I'll, I'll share it with you. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's sobering, I guess. We'll have to have a drink uh, as we talk about it. <laughs> Um, but, you know, how does it feel to be and how does your world change? Because in this world of social media, in this world where bullies are pervasive, because usually they are, you know, sitting in their mom's basement, eating a bowl of Cheerios <laughs> off their stomach by tweeting away. <laughs> like, how do you deal with being the person who we look to as you and, and Tish James are the two individuals who go after the NRA as being counter to the interest of what it means to have a safe and secure democracy. Uh, how do you wake up every morning and build the strength and courage to go out and do that work over and over again? Because you take the shots. That's a very terrible language word for this conversation. <laughs> but you, you, take, you take all coming at you in this discussion. Well, first of all, it is a huge honor to be paired with Tish James on anything. And, and <clears throat> I think the idea that two women are taking on the NRA, I, I just love that so much. Um, because, you know, in many ways, misogyny is, is the glue that binds together gun extremism and, and white supremacy and 
um, insurrection and, and so many of the things we've seen pop up in this country over the last decade. You know, there's a, a fine line between uh, uh, naivete and, and, uh, and ignorance, right? Because I, I didn't know an underbelly of America existed when I started the Facebook page that would become Moms Demand Action and, and we're now the largest grassroots movement in the country. When I first started Moms Demand Action online, I had no idea I would become a public figure. You know, all of my private information was out there. And so I immediately started getting texts and calls and people driving by my house and letters, you know, kind of like Son of Sam with the individual letters cut out of magazines. Um, the threats started instantaneously to me, to my kids. Uh, I now have to travel using an alias um, with uh, security simply because I think we should have a background check on every gun sale in this country. And that that is somehow polarizing or would warrant, you know, being sexually assaulted or killed um, is, is still something I can't wrap my mind around. I mean, right now, I want you to know that she is taping from a bunker somewhere <laughs> along the coast of either New Mexico or Colorado. She won't say I think she's in Leavenworth, but we'll we'll figure that part out. Uh, what is every town research and policy and what's the difference between every town and moms demand action? I would say about, you know, nine months into starting Moms Demand Action, it, it became clear to me that we had created this grassroots army that could last into perpetuity, much like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and that we could have a real impact. But, you know, not many people wanted to give money to this random lady they'd never heard of from Indianapolis. And so it became pretty clear to me that, that we were going to have to partner with generals who could help lead this army. Um, and so I interviewed organizations and people inside the space and outside the space and ultimately um, decided that, that Mike Bloomberg's philanthropy, we had a, a lot of the same goals. Um, he immediately injected about $50 million into our efforts. Um, and so, you know, that, that really helped us turbocharge our vision for what we could become as an organization. And so every town, Mike and I created every town, which is, is the umbrella of the entire organization, but the, the grassroots arms are Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action. We also have a, a gun violence survivors network. Uh, we have mayors against illegal guns. So there's these different pieces of, of the organization that exist under that umbrella. I mean, that's a lot. And 50 million is shout out to Mike for, for tossing that aside. <laughs> I know that's, that may not be a lot to him, but that will get your organization <laughs> uh, through the dark times. For people who generally understand that we need more stringent gun control laws, the politician always says, I don't want to take your guns. I mean, they literally are Republicans who've been waiting, I guess now, what, 13 years since Barack Obama was president yes. for, for, for him to come take When are guns. they coming to the door? <laughs> no, but we may not be able to identify specifically what gun control looks like. Walk us through Mom Demand Action's federal agenda. What should Congress and this administration be doing right now to reduce gun violence? Well, look, we've been we've been hoping for a and when I say Congress, I actually mean the Senate, right? Because one of the first things Congresswoman Lucy McBath did when she was elected to Congress from Georgia was to put forward all this gun safety legislation that passed through the House. You know, we've been waiting for the Senate to its, do its job, not just on this issue, but so many issues 
a long time. And, and when you look at polling, the only place where, where gun violence prevention action is, is polarizing is in the U.S. Senate. We should have background checks on every gun sale. Right now, we only have background checks on licensed gun sales in this country. States have, have had to pass these laws themselves. So far, we've gotten 21 states to pass laws that require a background check on every gun sale, including unlicensed dealers. Uh, but at the same time, the NRA has passed laws now in 21 states that, that, that absolutely eradicates the permitting system, right? It's called permitless carry. And they passed it in three more states in this last legislative session. They have their eyes on many more states in the, in the future. So there's this battle playing out. Really, we're all only as safe as the closest state with the weakest gun laws until the federal government acts. Um, but they could also pass something called an Emergency Risk Protection Order Act. Uh, some people refer to this as red flag laws. We passed those in 19 states and they simply allow family members or police to petition uh, a judge to get a temporary restraining order to remove guns from someone who's a risk to themselves or others. We're still waiting um, for the Violence Against Women, Women Act to be reauthorized uh, right now. Yeah, and, and, and the reason is because the NRA opposes it. They don't want to close the loophole that allows um, domestic abusers and stalkers to have easy access to guns. Now, we, we can do all of those things on the state level, and we are. We're not waiting for Congress to act. Um, but, but it's also important to realize, you know, I, I know everyone is frustrated, right? Incremental change is frustrating, but it's the way the system is set up, and it's also what re leads to revolutions in this country. I want to be clear that the Biden-Harris administration has done more on gun violence prevention than any administration in history, um, and, and that's through executive action and unlocking funding, particularly for violence intervention programs, which are so important post-COVID. They really need this, this funding. These groups go into communities and, and they stop gun violence before it starts. Um, but, but we are also working every single day in state houses and in school boards and in boardrooms and in city councils uh, to, to change the policies and to push back against the gun lobby's agenda. Let me ask you this question, because a lot of times when we're talking about voting rights, when we're talking about COVID relief, when we're talking about different initiatives, we usually say that a lot of that work can be done on the state and local level. But here you actually need federal action. Isn't that right? Well, it depends on, on what you're talking about, right? So again, background checks, we can go state by state. Red flag laws, we can go state by state. We've now passed laws in 29 states that disarm domestic abusers. Um, secure storage laws, we now have those in 23 states that require adults to lock up their guns to protect kids. Um, but there is a lot that can be done through the federal government. And as I said, we're all only as safe right now as the closest state with the weakest gun laws. <laughs> and so, so uh, can we, can, yeah. people won't understand that. Can we unpack that for just a minute? Yeah. Because I always tell folk that the reason that guns are so prevalent in Chicago is because of weak gun laws Ugh. in Indiana. Is, is that an accurate statement? That's exactly right. So, you know, that's the Groundhog's Day question of gun violence prevention, which is, oh, if, if gun violence, uh, if laws against gun violence worked, then Chicago would be the safest place in the country. We're, again, this is a city that is only 20 minutes from the borderline of, of the state of Indiana, right? These are the guns cross state lines as easily as, as, as cars do. And so if you go to Indiana, which has some of the weakest gun laws in this country, you can drive from Chicago to Indiana. Frankly, you could ride your bicycle. 
you go to a gun show, you load up your car with uh, guns you've bought and without a back, you bought without a background check. You simply go back across the state lines and you sell them. And, and we're talking about AK-47s and AR-15s and handguns. And, and that's because Indiana does not exactly. require a background check on every gun sale. It's, it's insane. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. You've unpacked what we have to do on the federal level. You've talked about what we have to do on the state level. So let's kind of talk about the politics. I would always say, and pardon me for my naivete, which is kind of contrary or, or lack of optimism, I guess is being jaded by reality. <laughs> But I would always say that if 20 plus little white kids in Connecticut got gunned down and we didn't change gun laws, we never would. Um, but I, you, we, I'm starting to see that the, that thesis is wrong, that the work that you're doing is working, that the kids from Parkland is starting they, their efforts. We're starting to chip away at it. But unpack the politics a bit for us here. Why don't all of these mass shootings move more politicians closer to where you are, specifically Republicans. What do you uh, or what do Republican elected officials privately tell you about why mass shootings uh, or mass shooting after mass shooting don't exactly move them away from their default politics on guns? Well, there's really two kinds of Republicans. This has been my experience from going into state houses and, you know, showing up at the Capitol. There are two kinds of Republicans. There are Republicans who will tell you privately they absolutely do not believe the NRA's agenda, but they feel that they have to go along with it um, in order to ensure their their seat, right? So they don't want to be primaried. Um, and so they're sort of playing from an old playbook that the NRA put together decades ago. There's another kind of Republican, and I think um, what we're seeing in this country is, is really that gun extremism is becoming part of this right-wing 
political party policy platform, there you, you meet plenty of state reps in particular who who have you know drunk the Kool Aid, who who really do believe um, that that people are trying to take their guns away and that you know guns equal freedom and that Jesus wrote the Second Amendment. You know there, there is that faction. Um, but, you know, what, what I would say is, first of all, I wouldn't wake up and do this work for almost a decade as a full-time volunteer if we weren't winning. I would also say that if you look at any social movements in this country, progress takes decades, if not over a century, right? For, for all women to get the right to vote, including Black women, it took over 100 years. <laughs> so you know this as well as I do, which is that um, this is about incrementalism. It's about showing up at every single gun bill hearing. It's about chipping away at the NRA's agenda. It's about electing people uh, who will do the right thing. You know, I always say, if you, if you do the right thing, we'll have your back. If you do the wrong thing, we'll have your job. And if you go back to when President Obama was elected in 2008, about a quarter of all Democrats in Congress had an A rating from the NRA quarter of all Democrats. Today, not one does. And, you know, that's just 12, tester, 13 years tester later. Doesn't even, tester doesn't have an A? Nope. Yeah, he, he, he has to have a C, at least. Tester, <laughs> tester, tester's passing. I want you to know, I like, I like Tester. I also know the state he represents. He definitely has a C. I'm at the. He may have a C, but he does not have an A. The <laughs> last guy who had an A was from Minnesota, a Democrat who lost in this last uh, election. Oh, I was going to guess it was probably Mark Warner. Man, I'm losing this battle. Okay. No, you know, M Mark Warner, when, when we first started doing this work in 2012, did have an A rating from the NRA and he voted for concealed carry reciprocity. And he's completely changed his position uh, in mm. large part because of Moms Demand Action volunteers who have sort of staked out his office. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, that, that alone is a sea change in American politics. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we've passed background checks in 29, 21 states. We've passed extreme risk laws in 19 states. We've disarmed domestic abusers in 29 states. We've closed the Charleston loophole, which you're very familiar with, in 20 states. Um, 11 states have passed or, or strengthened their secure storage laws. 13 states just since 2020 have passed meaningful police reform bills. Mm. So all of this work is, is happening. Um, and, and it wouldn't have happened if, if volunteers didn't kind of show up every single day in some way to to push back against the gun lobby. What's the timeline on when you think we'll be able to have the common sense gun reform we need? I, I hear your roadmap. Do you think we'll ever get there? And, and does it, is it are we one election away? Are we two elections away? I mean, where are we in this journey? Uh, well, you know, if you'd asked me a couple of election cycles ago, I would have said a couple of election cycles. As I mentioned, you know, what we are seeing, especially with the, the insurrection and the riots uh, on, on January 6th, you know, the, the, the piece of, of, of the, the right wing policy that, that is, is now really just being part of the platform is this idea that it is okay to show up armed at elected officials' homes or at state houses or at polling places. And it's really dangerous, and and we have to push back on that. Um, and people have to lose their jobs, their elected their jobs as elected officials when they support that kind of extremism. Um, so I, look, I I am very hopeful that uh, you know this will happen sooner rather than later. I I always say this is a marathon, not a sprint. 
I can tell you one way we're working to turbocharge things is to elect our own volunteers to office. Uh, we had noticed over the years, you know, that our volunteers and, and survivors of gun violence were running for, for elected office. And we decided to make that a formal program. We call it demand a seat. Um, our volunteers have run for, for office in nearly 101 so far. We now have two members of Congress who are Moms Demand Action volunteers. So that's something I'm really excited about. I mean, that's one way that you can really speed up the timeline of this work is to elect your own volunteers to office. So my last question for you, or one of my last questions for you as we wrap up, and thank you for your time today. Yeah. Surely, I know how busy you are. How, if at all, do you plan to in, or intend to play a role in the 2022 election cycle, particularly in state and local elections where so much gun policy plays out? What's your goal for 2022? Yeah, so in addition to demand a seat, which um, we are hopeful that about 200 of our own volunteers and gun violence survivors will run for office, everything from city council to Congress. Um, you know, we're also hopeful that um, that gun violence prevention will will play a, a very strong role in, in the election cycle all across the country. Certainly, it was a key part of uh, the, the Biden-Harris administration's platform when they were running, um, and they've done a lot of work on that since. But yes, I mean, it, it is our job as uh, volunteers to make sure that this issue is front and center um, in, in elections at every single level. We plan to do that. Um, as I mentioned, we outspent the NRA in 2018. Um, we certainly plan to support gun sense candidates, which is, is, is what we call them. If you want to know who your candidates are, you can go um, to uh, momsdemandaction.org and you can see where your candidates stand on, on gun safety. But that, you know, we, we knock doors, we get out the vote. Um, we work closely with Stacey Abrams' organization to, to make sure people have the, the right to vote. Um, and, and also to pass laws that keep guns out of sensitive places, like polling places. You know, that was something we saw that was so bizarre in, in the last election cycle. Uh, the Second Amendment was never meant to intimidate your fellow citizens. And, uh, you know, it, it's so important that that democracy is protected and, and armed people trying to dissuade people from voting is, is going to, to be an impediment to that. Since you are a volunteer organization, how can people help you chip in, follow you, help protect you. Talk to me about how people can follow you and what they can do to help Moms Demand. Yes, you know, we are not just moms. We're mothers and others now. As I mentioned, we also have Students Demand Action. Um, if you want to get involved, just text the word READY to 64433. A volunteer will follow up with you pretty instantaneously and let you know how you can plug in where you live. Um, you can go to momsdemandaction.org. You can go to everytown.org. Uh, we have Facebook page, not just national, but for every single state. We're at, at Moms Demand on Twitter. I'm at Shannon R. Watts, um, and, and we're on Instagram too. So get involved, donate, decide that you're going to get off the sidelines uh, this coming election cycle. The midterms are so incredibly important. And we have some real gun sense champions who, who are going to be in tough races this year. Well, let me just say thank you for taking time to join the Bakari Sellers podcast. It's been an honor to have you and walk us through kind of the, the nuts and bolts of gun safety and how we can actually win this battle. I'm a believer and I believe in you. Thank you for everything that you have done, you are doing and everything you will do, Shannon. Thank you for having me. I'll tell you, it's gone.